ACMS Podcast. I'm Joshua Garcia, your host. Today we have the opportunity of having a guest that's had the opportunity of having three internships. And I love how his story is involving with all one, being a leader, and two, being a family man, and my favorite one, understanding your major role in every moment that you are in. We get to see how he has the blessing of understanding his talents and making sure that he is able to fulfill it within his role as an ACMS uh, president or at the same time in his internships that he had. Graduated in 2016 and this guest that I'm about to introduce is Brett Raymond. He is something that's extraordinary especially because we get into like the importance of having relationship and communication within one of your teammates and also as well the people around him. Um, his first internship, which was a family business, was typically involved with charter schools and how he had the opportunity of dealing with districts and cities as well. This is Capital R Construction, and they're based off in Arizona. After his second internship, he had the opportunity working here at the school at BYUI Design Construction Office, where he had the opportunity as representing as owner's rep and had the most insight within all the architectural engineer, the contractors from basically networking with everybody and understanding the whole development part as a, like of an owner. His third internship, we had wanted to upscale a little bit more, more of a faster pace in Epson Phelps. He was interning there as an office engineer and at the same time he wanted to focus just to see the voluntary of being part of a big company. And he gets to see that opportunity where he learned a lot. After graduating, he had the opportunity for work for Kitchell Contractors, where he manager and an estimator as well. He had the opportunity there to develop even more of his skills of his three internships. And we get to hear all of that, which is extraordinary, especially working in building healthcare buildings and anything else involved with healthcare. Like always, subscribe and make sure that you guys are able to get as much as you can from these podcasts because it's pure wisdom and experience. I enjoy these a lot. And go ahead and visit our Instagram. Make sure you guys reach out to us and make sure, make sure that how we can improve and at the same time, enjoy. Thank you. Welcome to the ACMS podcast. My name is Joshua Garcia, your host, and this is Brett Briggs. He's from Arizona. He's coming in with us to share some wisdom and some experiences and how he had the opportunity to have three internships. I kind of want to get into it in general. Like, I think you're the first one that I have had the opportunity and getting to know that has had three internships. Oh, really? Yes. Like, what made you get like to have three internships? Is it so much in general that you were able to have like the networking as you were president of ACMS club or you, when you were president for the club? Did you have, I guess we can say like the public relationships in general with like the networking with the other companies? Oh, it's like did the scenario that I, the leadership role that I found my in provide me more opportunities to get more internships. Is that kind of what right. you're saying? Yeah. Um, no, actually. So that and not initially. So my first one was my, when, when you and I originally talked, you know, I, it took me a while to get to this major. And so I think I was already a sophomore by the time I got there. And I knew that I felt like I was behind the eight ball a little bit compared to a few of the other classmates that I had as they were just starting school and just starting the major. So they had time to, I guess, shuffle their feet around a little bit and see what they want to do. I, I felt a little bit more driven to, I, I committed and found where I wanted to be. So I just started moving as fast as I could. And luckily I have, and it's who I'm working for now is family in the industry. They, it's, 
originally started off as a residential company, actually started as a framing crew. And then it grew and grew and grew until finally it's turned into now a, a small business, but a fairly successful commercial construction business now. So I knew that I had that op- option there. And uh, I reached out to my uncle and he was gracious enough to give me an opportunity, even though uh, I came to find out later that it was one of the hardest years they had as a company. And But he obviously being family and sacrificed for me and it made a huge difference in uh, setting up the rest of my career. Since I got that first one, I was actually able to go to the BYU-Idaho Design and Construction Department, who I actually had a couple classes with uh, Sister Muir, who I think at time has may have taught, if not, is still very involved in the campus there and still works at the Design and Construction office. And she was trying to get her uh, bachelor's degree. So her and I shared a few classes with each other. And we also grew up with around each other. So kind of a more of a network with a classmate that already had a job on campus. And that rolled into my second one where I didn't have to leave. And then I could have been done, but I felt like I had, I was missing a pretty significant experience with working with a large general contractor. And I felt like out of my experience, I had to work with a small, I've worked as an owner's rep. And then it was, I didn't really want to go the subcontractor route. And so I was like, the next step would be to work for a big GC. And so I went and I took my internship with Hensel Phelps, which taught me a great deal of things that uh, that I had missed in my other two experiences or amplified on a much larger scale for the third. And so kind of the reason why I never stopped is I, I wanted to, for like two reasons, one, go into the industry with as much experience as possible so that there wasn't the typical, oh, I went to college, but I don't know anything kind of a perspective. But then the other part of it was I wanted to make sure I fully knew what I was getting myself into and that my family or my wife knew what I was getting into. So which it served all those purposes. (laughs) A lot of the actual students they've shared with their um, internships, they always experience like, for instance, if they want to get into residential, for instance, that's like their goal. And then when they finally get into residentials, like, oh, this is not what I want. It's not what they thought at first. And -hmm. then when they get into commercial, it's just like, wow, commercial is more fast paced. Commercials in general, like it's, it's more of a bigger project. And there's more, I mean, I guess you could say there's more people on the job itself. What everybody kind of describes in general to me, like when they kind of find what they're dabbing in general, like what internship that I feel like in general, that's really important to have like those two internships. You get to see which one you would like and what fields. I like your transition, what you said, like at first you wanted to go into civil or heavy engineering, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's when I started. I went to school with the intent to being an engineer. That's when I started. And then from there, you did kind of architectural landscape. Um, yeah, I went. Yeah, I went there, then business, then horticulture, then landscape architecture, and then landed in construction. I kind of see it like you have like both a mix. You have the civil, and then you have the management and the balance of construction management. And that's I feel like the program does. It has like if you're like VDC, you have like drafting side, and then you have the management side as well. And then the construction mm-hmm. management, it's all management. Agreed, and that's kind of why it, it really hit home to me when I got here. In that degree, was that I. It's like, this is everything, every degree that our major that I signed up for or agreed to, you know, pursued for a semester, it all had the good things that I liked in it and from the previous ones. And then it gave me so much more. So, yeah. One of the things I kind of like I've been seeing within our program, and I don't know if I have, when you were here, what did you see it? Did you feel in general that the program itself was really engaging, like really wanted to help each other to have success within like, oh, you, what internship are you at? Like, oh, I know someone that's hiring at the moment and networking in the way that everybody's trying to like help each other find their their curriculums or classes. Did you feel 
in general once once you entered the construction manager program here? Yeah. So that was, I mean, one of the biggest reasons why I kept my search going is I every I mean, outside of, I mean, I'll be honest, I couldn't pass a math class to save my life. And that's part of the reason why I switched into from engineering. I <laughs> uh, figured if I couldn't get the basics, there was no, I had no business being in there. But uh, what I found though, the other part is, is that I didn't really care for the folks that I was with. Nothing against engineers or you know, business management people or anybody like that. And it was, for me, it didn't feel right. And the thing that felt right is when I was in the construction major is that it literally felt like everyone was kind of on the same page. You know, everyone's kind of got their groups of friends to hang out with. Right. But ultimately we were all trying to succeed and help each other get through school, but we would talk about internships and we would glean on each other's understanding, especially, especially towards the end where you've been in the same classes with the last like 30, at least my, I think my graduating class was like 23 of us. Now we weren't a big class. The class, a couple of classes afterwards, that's when it's really started to bump up again. The 23 of us, I'd been in classes with them for the last almost two and a half, three years. And so we all knew each other super well. And it was like being a part of just a big friend circle, a big, like small family and a good, I wouldn't say all of those folks, but I'd say there's probably at least five to 10 people that I I more or less keep in contact with. And, you know, you build that network of support and relationships and on a, you know, on a, on a professional level, but what's nice about the school, one of the reasons why I love going there is on a spiritual level as well. And you have, you're all more or less doing the same thing, believing the same stuff and pursuing the same goals, at, you know, with eternal perspective in mind. And so you, it's not just like talking to another colleague in the industry, you're, you're talking to friends and people who are literally on the same journey as you on almost every aspect. <laughs> That's really interesting what you said, like it was a small or not so much a small group, but you guys felt like really close to each other. And at the same time, everybody kind of knew each other. And I feel like that's really, it's really important because once you're able to build that relationship with other classmates, I feel that's, that's like a key attribute in the field because you're going to be building relationships with like the contractors, subcontractors, engineers, like everybody in there. And you're able to understand like relate connections and kind of communication skills that would help. I mean, I'm working on a couple of projects myself for um, for school. So mm-hmm. we're working on projects at school and also for the, the events that we have here for the ACMS club, a lot of the actual communication is something that's built from that and how we're able to strengthen our relationship skills and how we're able to take them in the field. I feel like that's something that it just grows from there, from that program itself, even more into the like actual career. Oh, totally agree. When you get on a job site, it's, Especially if you go, if you're working on a big job site where you're going to be someplace for over a year, the subcontractors, even the tradesmen, some of the laborers, like you just build relationships with because you see each other every day and that's kind of who we are. And I feel like that's part of the reason why I would say per certain personality type of perspectives, we, it, it attracts folks like us into this industry because this you, it is heavily based on relationships. Like at our, my company, um, and this is pretty, I want to say standard, but fairly normal or common to hear is that majority of our work is repeat clients. So like, but we're like 98% of our work comes from repeat clients. And I, I, that's everyone's goal is because you build a relationship with people and who doesn't want to work with people that they like. <laughs> so yeah. that's, yeah, like you said, that point is, yeah, it just keeps going. And, and you, the, the longer you're in the industry, the real, the more you realize how important it is to not only hone your skill, but to honor and maintain those relationships. Like that's why you keep on having recycle business. Like, you know, if you work with them f- five years ago, they already know how you work. They're going to want to work with you again. 
because it's something in general, like, you know, they did a great job. They got the job on time. They were under budget. At the same time, they're honest with all the documents and all of the processing of the actual project itself. And it just comes natural. I feel like if you're able to build that skill. I agree. What would be like one of the most memorable moments in at school here at BYU or in the program here as well that you uh, remember or at the same time that separated you in general from like, wow, like this is something I've never experienced before. So it's funny, all of the big stuff happened for me kind of all within the same semester. So like I mentioned about my, all my other majors that I jumped through, personally, I was struggling. Um, I was about to actually get ready to quit school. I was going to go back and try to get into the trades. So because I just felt like I was spinning my wheels and I felt like Heavenly Father had a plan for me, but I wasn't sure if school was the right answer. I did it because I originally did it because it's what my dad told me to do. And I, I respect him and trust him. And so I jumped into this, but it's, I didn't feel like everything was laying out or, and working out the way I thought it would. And so I, was, I basically told my dad, I said, all right, I give you one more semester and then I'm coming home or one more you know, year and then I'll come home and I'll be done and I'll get my associate's degree and then I'll go to trade school and start my life at, in the field. And then it was funny as, as soon as I made that kind of commitment and had jumped, felt like I should look into construction just because my family was in it. I, I took the first class. And I immediately felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. And then weeks later, I was engaged to my wife and like everything happened all within that first semester of joining construction. And so for me, it's not so much like a specific moment. It was more so of, I guess I would say, just trusting, trusting Heavenly Father to try something that I was kind of discouraged, I'll be honest, <laughs> from my parents, just because they're like, you can, you can go into this, but you know what you're getting into. And I, I had a pretty good idea of if I went this route, what my life would, I had an idea of what my work life would be like. And, uh, but as soon as I took those first steps, it was just major confirmations again and again and again, and it never stopped all throughout the rest of my entire schooling, I just constantly felt the reassurance of Heavenly Father. It's like, this is where you're supposed to be. I was doing the right thing. So I think just that first semester was very memorable for me because of that. The only other, I mean, there's so many good experiences up there. And I, it's just, uh, campus is very sacred to me and special to me. And I, I miss that I can't be up there recruiting like I used to, but it's a super special place just because with exception of the temple and mission, right. And ceilings, it's most of my life has been springboarded from decisions I've made there and the friendships with both our very inspired and, and very experienced professors to our classmates. So it's all, it kind of, I guess to say a very general response, <laughs> but it's a, it was all really memorable. The, the, the single moment though, I would say outside of that would be just uh, getting second place in the uh, ACS competition for the mixed use. That was, that was pretty awesome. Worked super hard for about a year prepping, dealing with team drama and a bunch of other stuff. And <laughs> it worked out like all of our hard effort or all of our efforts paid off. And we were, you know, a strong, we, we definitely took second place and we were a strong contender for first. We just made a simple mistake on a, uh, on an estimating sheet. So that's why we didn't win, but it, uh, that was my, I would guess be my other big moment there. How would you like ACS event? How'd you like it? Like what was it? Oh, dude, the ASC is insane. Even now I'm just like, I, I would be a little stressed even with my experience that I have now to jump into it again. I mean, I know I haven't done a ton of like the more official proposals, like what Leighton, the Leighton project or, you know, the, the Mortensen or any of those. I haven't done those a whole lot in my career. So I would still be pretty nervous, but uh, 
it's a rush, especially like my lad, the last time we went, we had like such a good team. And when we handpicked the team, we interviewed everybody. So it was like, it was a blast, just a bunch of good guys that you're all on the same page with. You're all pushing to get this, this project done and to do it the best that you possibly can. And like, if you prepare, you shall not fear kind of a thing. Like we were definitely nervous, but we weren't afraid. We knew we would do well. We just weren't sure how we would measure up compared if anybody else had prepared as much as we had. And so that part was obviously it's intense. But then the other part that was a lot of fun was, you know, the job fair. At the second, the second time I went, I already had a pretty good idea. I was going to go work for Kitchell. I had already been talking to Russ Myers and the few other recruiters uh, that were there. And so I, I pretty much kind of had it. So it was more fun for me because I got to walk around and talk to other folks and kind of fill out the industry a little bit more. So it was a little bit less stressful, but it's, uh, it is as fun as you want. You'll let it be, <laughs> I guess I'll say, because you could be stressed out of your mind the entire time, but it's not meant to be miserable. It's, it is supposed to be fun. So yeah, a lot of the faculty members here tell us they suggest us and they advise us to do it. I already signed up for this year and I'm excited. I'm honestly really thrilled to join. This might be my first one. And some of the seniors tell me that it's like the draft, like the mm-hmm. NFL draft, NBA draft, like they, they pick the best of the best. And it's cool because you get to compete with the best of the best in the industry that are coming up to go into the new companies. And it's beautiful because it's when do you ever get the opportunity to ever do this ever again? For Like, I, that's what I think about it like this. There, I don't think there'll be another opportunity like this. Yeah. You no, know, life happens and you start moving forward. Or you get on a job site and you get plugged into whatever machine you're enjoying and uh, and away you go. And your competition is, you know, people out in the workforce with other projects. And you know, when you first start, you're not even really worried about that. You're worrying about, I got to get these RFIs in. I got to get these medals done. Or if you're out in the field, you know, we got to get the subs out on site because we're not holding schedule. Like your paradigm changes drastically. So this is one of those things where it's like when you're in when you're in college, and especially with ours, since there's not really there's sports don't exist uh, on that campus. This is like one of those competitions where it's like it's like a school, a school pride thing. But it's like how often does our school compete against other schools across the nation? Very rare. Yeah, this really is one rare. of the few challenges that we we get to go against. And for me, when we went, I just wanted to beat Provo, which we did <laughs> the, first, the last time we did. So I was like, all right, we got it done. We beat the mothership. So, but, uh, but it's I like, it's, it's a blast. I, and I'm happy that you signed up for it and take advantage of it. Cause I really wish I would have done three years of that as well. That would have helped a lot in my schooling. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited for it. And a lot of the, I just, I just love that because the seniors here talk about it, read the highlight and they just said, just do it, go for it. So like you said, how like you had the opportunity to get engaged with your wife and at the same time, have like all those things happen in that same semester. How did you feel in general, like kind of having the load of like, you know, being engaged, doing schoolwork and then also looking for an internship? Like, I know it could be kind of stressful and and challenging at the moment, but what was like so much of the drive in general that you had in yourself to like, you know, keep on going and keep on pushing for these, these things like to happen in your life? Well, I'd like to say that I just shouldered the burden perfectly and just pushed through. <laughs> but I, so, so I got engaged that winter. I was winter spring. And so I got engaged winter semester. No, it was spring semester, but I, I, we were, we decided we were going to get married at the end of winter semester. And so spring semester, she moved home and started getting ready for the wedding. And I stayed at school and which was perfect for us. Uh, I'm glad that all that, that's how everything played out. But I did drop a couple classes. I normally would take like a 17, 18 credit load 
couldn't do it. <laughs> so I dropped down to a 12 credit load, you know, got the internship thing figured out with my uncle about halfway through that semester. I already talked about it with him the first semester and kind of was filling it out. And anyways, so it was kind of already in process, but I normally, yeah, like I said, I, I had to drop some credits. I, I wasn't able to process everything very well at that time. My mind was on other things. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's, there was good people. And, and the nice thing is there is everyone, a lot of people understand it. Like even the going into the office and talking like, Hey, I, I got to drop a couple classes. Like I can't keep up with this. In fact, I dropped uh, brother Allen's AutoCAD. I think it was AutoCAD 120 or something like that. The first AutoCAD class. Yeah. I had to drop it. I, I think <laughs> brother Allen's so good at it. And I, I hated CAD so much. So I got into it and I was like, yeah, I, I just, this isn't going to happen. No way. And then they, it's funny is the people there in the, oh, the career discovery center or whatever that the office is there in the Austin. I talked to them about it. I'm like, are you engaged? It's like, yeah. Like, oh, don't worry about it. Then like, yeah, just drop it. You can take it, take it when you, uh, when you get, when you get married and you come back. All right. Thank you. And the, no judgment, just a little bit of teasing, but you know, total acknowledgement and like, Hey, your mind's elsewhere. You're focused on other stuff, big decisions coming up. Just pass, get through the semester, then jump in again when you come back. And that's what I did. Wow. And it's something with, I feel like once you have like your partner, especially with like my wife, like I feel like when I have her, like she's in like next to me, it's so much, I feel like you can accomplish a lot more stuff, especially when you have the goals that you guys have in common to like accomplish. Yeah. Like you guys were able to graduate together. That's like awesome. It's, it shows in general, like the driven and like kind of like mentorship that you guys can like bounce off each other. And it's just literally like guys limit within when you and your partner. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's, it's amazing when you're able to have that. So I kind of want to go like a little rundown exactly uh, explaining a little bit, like what each internship, like title. And at the same time, like what were you like kind of doing in your first internship, second and third, kind of what mm -hmm. you did on each one for me in general, like I get nervous. I mean, I mean anybody get nervous, like, but how was the transition in the, going into the interview itself? And like, you know, wow, I did not expect that at all. Cause I, for me, like some of the people that tell me in general, like when they get internships, they totally expect like, you know, they're going to get tested and all that stuff. And they only tell them like, Oh, just draw this site. Plan. So uh, first in internship with capital R I started. So one of the things that we do is we, um, we have a great relationship with a charter school developer and the charter school industry is, is brutal um, for construction because they normally don't know if they're going to do something until the year before. Well, then they start working on plans and getting everything. And it takes a long time to get kind of what I do now is I manage design build projects, but it takes a long time to get stuff through planning, lots of meetings with cities and stuff. So it comes all the way around. And then like January to March, you may get a permit. Most municipalities don't like charter schools, so they drag their feet. Um, so normally we only have like four months to do like a five to $6 million project, which is, that's a lot to get done for a smaller company in a very short window. So my first internship was a school and it was done start, start to finish in 90 days. Now we had a big long punch list afterwards that we could do that we were able to do after substantial completion. The municipality owner, developer all played ball with us because if you don't get opened before the beginning of the school year, which typically is like July 31st in Arizona, um, you don't get funding for the year. So then you have to cash flow your entire year without any state funding. So super stressful job. And so my role in that one initially was I was just helping supplement late. So I helped the fire sprinkler guy cut pipe. I helped the Jeep Creek guy prep floor. I helped the ACT guy put grid in. And then, then I did a ton of punch correction work. 
and that was kind of like the beginning of that internship. So I was in the field a lot. And then once I, we got the punch list done, I rotated the office and chased down a lot of closeout documents. So operations, maintenance manuals, warranties, things like that, uh, which is like a major part of being office, going into the office is learning how to close out a job because that delays your retention. And that's whether you're big or small, that's, that's your money that you and your subs are missing out on. So that was kind of what I did the first, after that I transitioned, once I got all that done before I left, then I transitioned to our residential self-performed crews, which is where I really learned I did not want to do residential because I hated dealing with homeowners. They're a bunch of jerks. It's never done right. <laughs> Even though it's good, it's not quite to their standard. So anyways, so that's kind of how my first one was. We started in the morning at like four and then I worked till, yeah, I worked till five or six every night. So it was a long, long days, but that's, it was a kind of a good eye opener for me on how things worked. And then second one, very different scenario. Working for the school is, is great. I loved working with the school. You, I couldn't only work. I think I was allowed to work as an intern, like 39 hours or something like that. I wasn't, I don't think I was allowed to do the 40 hours. I, it's been a while. I may have, I don't remember, but in that particular role, I operated as like, as an owner's rep, which is a great career path. And anyone who's seriously, or would like to be in construction, but would like to manage things on the owner side of things. There's so many people who are looking for that kind of a career field. And I, I really enjoyed it. So my my original part of it was I was out to walk the job site. I walked the job site pretty much every day. And I took pictures and I tracked schedule. And I looked at areas that where we were, you know, in our meetings, we were talking about like trades that we're having issues with. Um, so I do man count to make see how many tradesmen were there. And then the other side of it was, so when I was there, my first time working with them, I worked with them twice uh, in my career. And the first projects I worked with them were the uh, the new dormitories. And I was there till, they, not quite till they moved in, but just about. And then the heat plant. And so both super fun, super cool projects. And so we, between both of those, I was just kind of checking on things, keeping up with folks and then talking to the end user. So like the student housing office is who runs the uh you know, the new dorms. And so it was meeting with them and talking about their furniture and how are we going to get things up there and how are we going to stock things and taking pictures. And so I ended up being the go-between from them and the contractor most of the time. And then the heat plant, it was more so of just talking with the HVAC office and just there's in the boiler guys, they're so much smarter than, <laughs> than most of the contractors. They know what they're doing. So it was really just learning from them on why we were doing certain things. So it's just do a lot of meetings, a lot of office stuff You, you behind the desk a lot, but I made sure I went out in the field as much as possible. The uh, In that same thing, it was where I learned that I really liked working with design professionals is that since you hold the contract for both the contractor and the architect, you meet both separate times together. You're kind of balancing needs and wants from both parties. And so when those jobs are kind of wrapping up, we're looking at other projects or remodels, I would meet with those folks and we would walk jobs and take pictures and we would you know, ask questions and stuff, you build a scope and start building scopes of work with an architect to be able to design. So that was, like I said, that, that was a, a lot of fun and just a lot of good people all trying to make the campus better. Third internship, this one, so Hensel Phelps is really unique and or not unique. There's a few people that do it this way, but uh, Hensel Phelps does it where you have, uh, you start off as a field engineer and then you become an office engineer, which is like a PE for most companies. And then you transition back to the field and then back to the office and back to the field and back to the office. You kind of bounce between so you're super well-rounded and there's a ton of uh, logic behind doing that. I I personally don't really like that. I want to dictate my own journey. I don't want someone to dictate it for me. So that's why I didn't end up taking a job with them. But they, uh, 
I, I started and I told them, I said, look, I, I have very little field experience in what they were needing. So it's like, so I'm pretty green, but if you are needing that for me, I can do that. Otherwise I, I'm much better in the office and I want to be a project manager. I don't want to be a superintendent. So with that said, I kind of walked in and most bigger internships, they kind of test you. They give you a little bit and they see if you can take it. You can handle that. They'll give you a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then you'll be surprised that if you, you're doing your job right in your four to six months, depending how long you're able to get your internship for it, you'll be surprised when you walk away, you are running a significant amount of a project or running a lot of scope. And I, my brain's a little fuzzy on all the scope that I ran. I just remember that I was helping everybody with submittals and RFIs and, you know, taking pictures and doing a lot of administrative stuff for that team. And so I, and that particular job. And I made the mistake. I work too much. Uh, that's us. Everyone has their own personal struggles for me. That's one of mine. I will work 90 hours a week. If I, that's just how it works. There's so, so much to do all the time and I'll just keep going. So I, I have to remind myself, I have a family. I got to go home. <laughs> I got to see kids and everybody. And so that job, I, I worked a lot. I would, I, I worked a lot with them and cause I really wanted to make a really good impression for us and as a school. So we, I ground things all day long. And it was fun. I learned so much from them, but yeah, that's, I, I work. You, they will let you work as much as you want if you're not, because they were, I was salary with them. So that's the other part of it. So anyways, it was, it's kind of general on some of it, but to the, it, all of my stuff kind of all lended itself towards general project management activities with exception of my first internships where I was a lot more. Involved. Wow. Like I said, like, the, I feel like the more internships that you get, the more, experience you get you get different types of cultures from different types of companies you get to see like what their values are what their core strengths are and at the same time their weaknesses in general like i like yep. what you guys have for you guys' model for capital r construction building on fundamentals of trust i think that's something really important because like you know that's one of the values that we have here at the cornerstone byu program for construction that's some of the values that we have honest trust density and how we're able to build those values, it comes in how you can bring those values to companies that you're going to be working for. And do you feel in general, like when you were here at the program, that those values kind of enhance a lot more with what you would bring to the other internships or companies that you work for? Yeah, I mean, you're surrounded by it all the time. So all the only thing it's going to do is improve it. There's, And it's funny, is like even people I know who may have cheated on an assignment, most of the time, they would come back and they would talk to the professor and would say, Hey, I, I lied. And uh, so you can fail me on assignment or maybe can I redo it or whatever, you know? And it's like, it's not normal. People don't do that normally. They just like, especially in college, you know, most people are like, sweet, like moving on, hate that class and go. But our culture, not only of our faith, but of the, of the, of that program is very caring and forgiving um, but at the same time, like perpetuate who we need to be and how we need to act. All the time. And, and on your point is like, it instills those values in us. So people know when they hire a BYUI student, most of the time, they know what they're getting. Now it's up to us to maintain that standard after we leave and start working in the field. And that's, that's on us to, to best represent because people watch it. They know. But yeah, it's, uh, you, you, you then begin to realize what values are most important to you. Not only is you're entering into your career and you start interviewing companies and you start filling out, everyone has a motto, but what is it? What are they really saying? You can mm -hmm. see it pretty easily by the people who are recruiting 
by the work that they do, kind of, you know, how they feel when you're talking to them. It's like, every, I mean, it's, it's pretty, I'm going to say standard stuff, but it's for us, it's really, it is easier for us than most to be able to pretty good, get to put a good feel on what we're getting ourselves into with a certain company's culture. And so that's for me that that's why I chose who I chose to work with. Cause I felt like they were, had the best values in mind that aligned with my values. And as time went on with that company, with Kitchell, I still felt, felt overall that they still embodied those same core principles that are important to me. Um, I just left because my family scenario changed and my, uh, my family asked for help. And so I switched teams to go work for my family instead, which embodies my family's values. So it's perfect. <laughs> it's exactly what I, what I'm about. So it works out great. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So after you graduate and from there, like what company did you choose? Like what, what company did you have the opportunity to bring your talents and your skills to? So there was the two companies that were like, I was chasing really hard. One was WIC. And I don't know if they actively recruit there or not, but uh, yeah, Darren Zwick is, is an amazing man. And, and I loved talking with him and I uh, would recommend anyone who's wanting to work in the Utah area to definitely look him up and, and try to get on with their team. They're going to do something great. But being that my wife and I are both from Arizona, and we, it took a long time for us to kind of decide what was the most important thing. And we realized that we're like, all our families here in Arizona, why would we live anywhere else? because we're going to just make our way back to Arizona anyway. So like it would be not so much a waste of time, but maybe a delay in some of the blessings and things that we want for our family. So I chose to go with an Arizona company and Kitchell's the one who just stood out to me leaps and bounds over everybody. So I, I jumped on with Kitchell and uh, it was definitely not what I expected when I started with them. I, I had this idea of they're a major healthcare builder. And so I thought, now I'm going to get stuck on a big hospital. This is going to be cool. I'm going to learn a whole, like a really, really cool part of the industry. No, <laughs> that's not what happened. It was, uh, they, I, every uh, non-healthcare group I have been in, or I was in with them. And it was, it was a ton of fun and a ton of good people. But that's, that's where I went and started working with. And, and I, they just threw me right into the office because that's, that's what they hired me as, as a PE. So that's about, but yeah, do you, like, I guess the, I worked in their custom homes department for a while and then, which was bizarre. I didn't even know. I knew that they had one, but I didn't think I'd get in one. And they decided to start it back up when they hired me. And so they threw me in there and it was fun because it's a, it was a small group. There's probably like 15 people total in between California and Arizona that worked in that department. So, and they, I think have since shut it down just because it's a, it's a really unique market. And if you don't set yourself up to do that, then you, um, you just don't get as many opportunities. And so I built a clubhouse for them. Super nice clubhouse. It's called the Trilogy at Verde River. There's a Shea Holmes clubhouse. Super proud of that building. Highly detailed, very custom finishes, a lot of fun. Uh, and then I went from there to a historical restoration project in downtown Phoenix of an old uh, Baptist church that burnt down. Worked on that one for like six months. And then we had a couple owner had some issues with funding. And so we pulled out, but I was able to work on it for quite a while. And I went to to Houston and worked in Houston, Texas for a while and did some uh, work with the, oh, what was it called? It was like a vet, not vet clinic, but it was um, like a vet home. So like the state of Texas, if you're a veteran, like, and you, especially in the later part of your life, if you have memory issues or still struggling with PTSD issues, they actually have homes where you can go and get help. And so we were building one of those for them out there and starting a Houston office up. So I got to be part of a startup company. <laughs> uh, and that was a ton of fun. Great. It, Texas is a great place to be in work. It's my second favorite state. And then, then they moved me back and I was working on a uh, casino in 
$110 million casino and basically was managing like two or three scopes and got promoted you know, to a senior level and did a bunch of different stuff for them. And it was, uh, it was intense. The casinos are a whole nother ball. And I was just learning about that world. And it's, it's an intense world. Casinos are a whole nother plane, especially native work in general is on a whole nother plane, but it's a lot of fun. And it's, uh, it's, it's some really cool experiences. If you get a chance to work on it on tribal land, it's very unique, but fun. I don't know if this is true, but I hear like in like casinos, the limit of money is infinity is that there's like a big budget, a huge budget in general. Well, well, Especially. most of the time, it's if you're working on it. Most of the time, it's to increase the revenue for for uh-huh. the tribe. So yeah, it's it's major money. Most I mean, they don't do anything small, but it's not so much unlimited funds because even they have budgets, or they or if they get financing from other other tribes to at least get them started, there is budgets. But I will just say that my experience, and this is not for all of them, just the one that I did. They were budgets. <laughs> that's what I'll say. <laughs> I was always amazed at the decisions that were made, but that's their call as an owner. And when you have a, a good, strong revenue source, you can make whatever decision you want. Just like I'm working at a, an industrial facility right now. And there was a delta between he, the owner wanted us to use his electrician. And I have a couple that we like to use. And so I said, I bid them out. And there's a $50,000 difference between the owner's electrician and the other two that I invited to bid on the job, the owners being higher, and the con- the overall value of that contract, the high was like 186, and the low was 130. So you know, almost a third of the contract in you know difference there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the owner's like, nope, it's worth it to me. I've got the money. It's like, let's do it. Like, okay, all right, you're the owner. You can. You do whatever you want. It's your money. So, I mean, that's kind of how it is there. It's, they just have more. Wow. That's insane. That is really, really intriguing how that all mixes up together at the end. So when you like finally finish school and you are basically already in Arizona and, you know, bouncing from like, you know, different projects and everybody, the challenges that you have in life, how are you uh, for you in, for me, cause I'm like really excited to like hear this. Cause I like to hear like when you have kids and then, you know, you have work, like, how do you, like, for you, like, how do you do it in general to have that to, like, you know, have the father figure for your family, but at the same time, be that lead role at work as well? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's, I was very grateful that I didn't have, I was not blessed with children during my school years and that my wife and I could focus on our school and, and run around and do all the internships because I knew a few people who, who were, this is their second career. So they were, had a family or vice versa, um, they just started their family in college. And that was our Heavenly Father's plan for them. And so kudos to them to making it work. I don't know how they did it. I I look at those people and I said, you guys are way better than I am. I I probably would have quit school, uh, didn't just start working. But gratefully enough, that was not the plan uh, for me. So I, we didn't have our first kid until, let's see, about a year and a half into working at Kitchell. Now, the problem that I I ran into was the, what at least for my experience how it is is that I'm a slow learner sometimes and so I just kept working the same hours that I was before and I unfortunately missed a good chunk of my son's life this first year year and a half I saw him pretty much on Sunday I worked six days a week 12 to 15 hours a day so I left when he was asleep and I came home when he was asleep and that was about it and so that's a big regret of him and anger and he won't remember that and that's not a big deal but for me I miss that. And that's important for, for me and my values. And so as I transitioned off that job to a different, and, and part of the problem was the expectations from my boss and, and a few other things and, and not knowing that as a man and as a father, you have 
you have lots of responsibilities and you have to balance them all. And if you're if your employer doesn't understand that, then it's time to leave and do something different. And so I changed my, my boss actually quit halfway through the project. And so a lot of it landed on my shoulders. And then the, uh, the interim project manager who stepped in, who was a good friend of mine, a good mentor of mine. And he kind of helped realign my expectations of my time and what I should be doing with my life, which like, I guess on a side note is I would highly recommend is getting a mentor in the industry is they will definitely help you while you're making personal decisions as well as uh, professional decisions to try to help keep those in mind because they're not connected to it emotionally. And it makes a huge difference to hear it from someone else who's, go- who's going through that uh, scenario. But anyways, so it's taken me a few years to kind of get it. And up until, and that's another reason why I quit working for the big company and went to work for the small company is that after the last almost four years at Kitchell, I would work I was still working a lot of hours and I was still working really early, but I would, but I made it a point to come home and have dinner with my kids, with my family. And at the, I'm like, at the very least I can give them that. And then if I have to keep working after everyone goes to bed, I can open the laptop and keep going. Now I challenge that you don't need to do that, that the work will always be there. It'll never end. And that you can take it on any other time, um, that your time at home is, is more valuable than anything you could be doing on your laptop at work. But, um, so that's kind of what I really made a focus after, especially after I came back from Houston. And I was actually, my wife, we went, we went to Houston together and then we we're there for about six months and about four months into it. She's like, I'm, I'm done living here. I'm moving back. And then you like finish the job and then, then you're coming home, whether you're coming home as a kitchen employee or as unemployed, you're coming home. And if, when you finish this job, yes, ma'am. All right. <laughs> So I worked, we worked long distance. Luckily, Kitchell was amazing. They flew me home every other weekend so I could see my family, which was great. But after all of that happened to me, I really learned like how important family is and, and I, that I did not want to miss any more time with them than I have to. And so that kind of started setting new rules for myself. And then now that I've been working for this, the company that I do um, for my family, I still work more hours than I probably should, but uh, at least that's what my wife says. <laughs> but uh, I my balance is a lot better. I actually have, like, I see my kids in the morning and I see my kids at night and I see my kids at the week on the weekends and it's just wonderful. And I absolutely love it. So no one's story is going to be the same. No answer would be the same on this at all. That's the nice thing of being a father is that that's a conversation you and Heavenly Father have to have. And it changes. There's a time and a season for everything. There are times where you can work longer hours just because your kids are older and they're out gone doing their thing. And so you can work and do your thing. But there's other times where you need to probably be doing no more than a 50 to at most 60 hour work week so that you can be a part of your kids' lives. So for me in my current stage of life right now, it's really important for me to be involved with my kids because they're so young. Which is why we're doing, we've, I've pushed you the interviews <laughs> until in the evening because those, those bedtimes are important for me and my wife. So <laughs> I would say now like my wife, she's like, she's the boss, you know, she holds the shares mostly in in the company. So that's right. right. <laughs> you, you tell me what time I got to be there. You know, I don't want to lose shares in the company. That's so I'll right. Be there. <laughs> at the so end, we have one boss, the main one at the at home. Oh, that's amazing. I really like, you know, congratulations on being able to find that. I, I heard in general that it, it gets, it gets challenging, but at the end, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And you're, if you, once you find it, it's beautiful because you get to see kids grow. And at the same time, like you said, like it's just, find more opportunities to have that time to be valued. One of the things I, I kind of like want to ask is when you, let's say for instance, now that, so Brett 2020, 2021 and Brett at 2016, 
Like, yeah. what would you have done differently in 2016 that you now oh. kind of with the knowledge you have? What classes would he take? Or I would. So I didn't. I I took every. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was pretty well in control of what classes I wanted to do, and I look back, and there's very few things that I would change about my college experience. One of them would be I would have taken the surveying class. I did not take that surveying. Regardless of whatever you do, there'll always be survey, and it's just a good thing to have a good knowledge of. A basic understanding of something is only going to help you versus no understanding. You can always ask someone and there's the our industry is very friendly to teaching people the knowledge and trade and skill behind things. So that would be one I definitely would engage more on. The, the only other thing, oh yeah, that one. And then the other one was since I did my, I don't know how it's set up now, but it used to be if you could take, you could do your bachelor's in construction management, and then you could do like an associate's degree in architecture or associate's degree. Yeah, I was associate's degree in architecture, or you could do clusters, or you could do like a minor, or you're like minor in business or whatever the other things. I'm sure it's some variant of that right now. So I did a cluster in commercial construction, and then I did a cluster in real estate or in business. And I took real estate classes because I grew up in real estate. My dad's a, a broker uh, and has done a lot of commercial work. So I've helped him on stuff. And, and it was kind of another idea uh, career-wise of something I could do um, if, if I wanted to change uh, and go to a different part of the, the construction industry. But what I, I wish I would have did is I would have done the a minor in business management and did the, the, I think it's the IDC is where they do the businesses. Yeah. I yeah. I would have done that, especially now now that I work for a small business and then I'm on the leadership team. So even though my uncle, who's the president makes is, you know, the big decision, he leans on me and one other guy, the project. So I'm, I had pre-construction project manager, obviously has helped me project management. And the three of us make pretty much all the major decisions in the company on a, on a financial level, as well as a work and direction level. And so having had that background would only help me to be more successful in helping guide a small business to grow versus just having construction experience, which is just totally fine. But where I'm at now, looking back, I wish I would have done that. And I would have taken the additional semester to work or to, because that's the main reason why I didn't do it because it adds, you know, it adds a semester and I would have taken, it would have, pushed me, but in hindsight, it would have been worth it. I would have learned a ton from that and it would have been worth it to me to do that. So it's not for everyone. Thank you. It's, oh, it's, thank it's you. definitely worth looking into. Thank you for sharing that. Honestly, for me, like kind of getting that kind of knowledge and experience from you, from like, you know, people that are on the field and like what they wanted to do, wish they would have done, or, like, you know, structure differently. It means a lot because like, I can look back at my plan and see like, okay, I can do like you know, a cluster in this or get a minor in this and understand more of like what I would want to be more involved with. Like for me, like I'm VDC, but I yeah. want to get a minor in financing. That way I kind of understand more of the finance, like the numbers within coming for the business, understanding like the business side and also the drafting side. Cause I don't want to just be a drafter itself or like kind of yeah. just design itself. Cause there's a lot of designers, but they don't have a minor in financing, which is different. No, it's funny. You said one of the architecture firms that I worked with, the two partners, brothers, both have our, both are licensed architects, uh, Jones studio. They, they do some cool stuff. If you ever want to look into their, their, uh, design portfolio, it's impressive. Ton of glass work, a lot of work downtown Phoenix, an amazing architecture firm. But um, I, if I remember correctly, the one brother is like the visionary and the other brother is the nuts and bolts guy. And he's actually, he's good with the numbers. And so he actually runs the business side of it, but they're both architects. <laughs> so it gets to your point. It's no matter what you engage in, like I always even say just generally on the, uh, at school, 
as long as you know how to apply it right, it'll it'll help you. Thank you. I kind of want to like understand a little bit more of what it was to you, ACMS Club. How did it impact your career or how did it impact you in self? Yeah. So in my life, and it's just how decisions I've made as well as the path that Family Fathers put me on, I found myself in leadership positions a lot. And part of that's because I like it. And the other part is just because I, I, I find myself there all the time. But one of my favorite things of be, getting involved with it and really starting to participate in it and go through the leadership program with it is that the people. So you, whoever you surround yourself with, right, that's going to influence who you are as a person and what you do with your life, like your friends, whatever. So I've always found being involved in a leadership organization puts you with some of the best people. That's not always the, I mean, they're not the perfect people or like they walk on water, but it definitely puts you with some pretty dynamic people who are either really good at managing their time or don't sleep or some variant of the two. And uh, so being surrounded by, when I started, there were some really, really good leaders and they definitely had their own styles. And some of them, I didn't really, you know, agree with how they led per se, but were really good at how they how they did it. And so, you know, had my respect in it. And that was part of one of the things that affected me the most is just seeing, being around these really good men and women who had made decisions in their life before and during, and will make, you know, good decisions afterwards. And to be around them and see how they think is, was a really positive influence for me during my school years. And I could, some of them, I would ask some pretty personal questions um, on things just because we were around each other enough that I felt like I could, some of the more and more concerning questions about going into work, like the work-life balance stuff. Some of them had kids and they were going through school and doing all that. So it would allow me to tap into something that had I not engaged, I probably would have had that opportunity to ask those questions to those kinds of people. Another part of it would be uh, as the company interacting or interacting. So when you first join, there's not, especially if you start involved in like one of the committees or something like that, most of the time, you know, you're not going to be and it could have changed, but the, when I was there, you know, even as committee members, you're not really integrating with companies a whole lot, except when you do like, uh, except for, you know, except for COVID, the whole COVID stuff that we've, the school and everyone's been doing, but like the the job fair and stuff like that was when the committee would get interaction with a lot of uh a lot of companies. But outside of that, you know, no company visits and stuff like that. Most of the time they look to an AC, an ACMS leader in some way, shape or form to kind of escort them and make sure they get everything set up. So your, your exposure is not, not very, uh, it's somewhat limited when you start, but just like everything, the longer you invest, the more time you spend, the more opportunities come to you. And there's just, for me, I just got to rub shoulders with lots of businesses all the time. Like most of the time, my schedule was free enough that I could take the companies to lunch. And so it, like I didn't drive them there, but we went to the cafeteria and I gave them coupons. So that was me taking them to lunch. <laughs> but it's something that I love doing and I still do to this day. I still take people out for lunch all the time just because it's a great way to connect with people. But that was kind of on that level of things. They created that opportunity for me. My biggest thing when I was there in the leadership position was trying to kind of do what you guys are doing now. This podcasting is great. I wish I would, we would have thought of something like this when I was there, but they uh, basically trying to help people people get set up for this kind of conversation where you're helping freshmen and sophomores who are just coming into the industry prepare themselves for that. And when you, just like everything else that we've known, when you teach, you learn more while you're teaching kind of a thing. And so like the more I help, the more I serve, the more I learned, the more I grew as a person. So it's kind of selfish, but it, it won't hurt you involved getting involved into that program. It'll only help you. And the more you give, the more you get. Exactly. And we're talking about that exactly. Like, what can we do to help, like, in general, like, spread the more the word about the podcast, 
about events that were going on and also the club itself. And it's so much of, like you said, like the knowledge, it doesn't just stay with us. It's like, what can we do with this knowledge? You like give it to like, you know, a freshman yeah. or sophomore or anybody else that it needs it. And it just, the same thing, like the last interview that I had with Arn, he explained the same thing. It's just like, Oh, I you just, talked to Arn? Yeah, I, I spoke to him oh, last I week. Oh, I love Arn. Arn is the yeah. best. I'm so happy you talked to him. He is such a good man. He's a great, great role model. Yeah, he talked about Daryl Zwick as well because he oh, worked yeah. for them. And he told me like just all the magnificent things that he did. And it was just amazing. Like how he was able to say like, no, man, the knowledge just drips from the program. It's just everywhere. Everybody just shares it all around. And it's beautiful. I'm kind of jealous, honestly. I am a little jealous that you guys had all the interviews of all the companies come to like the school. Yeah, you guys I really can't wait right now. <laughs> yes, I can't wait until that happens. Like, you know, hopefully next year to like hopefully. have all the companies come and in the job fairs, you know, have them here on campus. I really can't wait for that moment. I hear like when you guys talk about it, all the events at Reno and stuff, like in like you know in Vegas and stuff. That's I mean it's cool, but I kind of like what would you suggest? someone that's in the program that just started or, you know, is kind of trying to find themselves in general, like how you find yourself in the program, like what would yours be suggestions and like what advice would you advise, give us in general? That's a good question. Well, maybe cliche, but I'd spend a lot of time on your knees because if you're trying to find yourself, you're, you need to engage Heavenly Father as much as possible and he'll help you figure out what you need to do. That would be my first suggestion <laughs> to pray as much as possible because there's always, there's always information there for that, especially in regards comes to that. And it, and I, I have found in my personal life that I, now I don't, my, the revelation is a little different for me because my decisions aren't quite as impactful. If I choose to do this or do that, path is more or less the same, just a slight variance between the two. Now there's blessings associated with each one. And that's what the conversation is about. But is uh, but going to college, I can't tell you how many times I had very clear revelation on how things needed to be and decisions I needed to make. And though it's not the case for everybody and the spirit talks to everyone differently, but I do believe that just like praying about going on a mission or, you know, that kind of stuff where you're, or about your wife uh, getting sealed, like, Heavenly Father has got some pretty clear revelation for you on what you're going to be doing and not doing. And I believe that in this state of your guys' lives and being in college, you're still in that same boat of major decisions that are going to severely affect the path that he has in, plan for, in mind for you. On outside of that, I would try to get as much, inf- it, it would truly be get involved as much as possible. Try, you know, push, push yourself in all of the classes that you do and whatever activity that there is, try to go to it. There is nothing, you will never learn everything there is about construction. It continues to change and it's moving fast. Even now, as I I laugh, because I used to think I was going to go into BIM world. And then after I knew my way around enough when I graduated that I could have transitioned into that. But now I'm like, I haven't touched that stuff in years. And now I, I'm, I would, I would not try to look for a job in that just because it's so, it's moved so fast that I feel left behind in the, in the VDC world, just because there's so many tools and so many things now that I don't know. And that it's not been my emphasis, not been my focus is to go into that. And so I haven't engaged on that level, but right now where you have the time and your sole purpose is learning is to learn. It's purely dictated by you on how much you learn and how ready you are when you graduate. And for me, I took as much pride as I possibly could knowing that I left that institution with very few regrets in regards to how much I studied, how hard I worked, how much I, how much 
involvement I gave to the program because I walked out knowing a lot more than I thought I ever would about anything. And to my wife's annoyance, I, I talk about stuff all the time to her. She's like, I, I don't want to know how the damper works. I'm like, but it's so cool. Like it's all this stuff inside there. And this is how it does. You know, it's just, you will never regret engaging more. And the more, like I said, the, the point would be is like the more you give, the more you engage, the more you get out of it. And it'll only set you up for success. So between those two things, it would be pretty hard to fail. (laughs) Thank you. I do appreciate you sharing that. It means a lot to me and pretty sure like the faculty and also as well as some of my colleagues here at in the program as well. And, you know, we seriously try our best to like, you know, pass the classes and also try to be the best every day within the projects that we do. And we do appreciate your time and we hope we can come to one of your guys' fairs if you ever have one, or at the same time, if you guys have the opportunity to have a seminar with us that we have here on Thursdays, when one of our um, club members reach out from a committee, we always have those every weekly. So that would be awesome. No, no problem, Josh.